Good evening, beautiful people. Good evening, beautiful people. I appreciate you all for joining in on tonight with What's the Word Wednesday um, with the CDC City of Praise. I am extremely, extremely humbled and grateful to be with you on this evening and to have you join with me on Bible study tonight. I give honor to the Most High God who is my God. I mean, it's personal. He is my God. He is my strength. He is my shield, my protector, my refuge. He is simply everything to me. I would not be who I am if it were not for the goodness, the grace, and the mercy of the good God Almighty. So again, I appreciate y'all for riding. Um, Appreciate you all for joining with me on this evening. I give honor to God for uh, my husband, Apostle James Smith, in his absence on tonight. I'm so grateful that um, I have chosen to uh, make a choice to live my life so that um, in his absence, I can carry on and we not skip a beat. So I'm extremely grateful for him. Uh, for him allowing me this opportunity to speak to the body of believers on his behalf, uh, with him being our shepherd, him being our watchman, him being our leader. Uh, he is out of town, so we pray for God's grace and mercy um, on him, for him, and for those who have traveled with him out of town. He is fishing. So um, God chose him for the right assignment on the earth for the right purpose on earth and that's to be a fisherman because he is truly not only a fisher of men but he is just a fisherman um and so we're extremely grateful for him i'm honored for him again for uh, giving me this opportunity it is the middle of the week y'all it is the camel's favorite day of the week is hump day and it is my prayer that you have had an absolutely marvelous day on today and you are excited because we are closer to the end of the week and we just again pray God's grace over you as you continue on through your week. Um, if you are uh, listening on any of our platforms, we invite you to attend again on Bible study on Wednesday nights virtually, of course, um, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. from 7 o'clock to 745 um, right here either on, on Facebook Live or on YouTube. Uh, you can catch that. We also invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings. Every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock a.m., we're currently um, holding services at the Old Valdosta High School in the band room. That's 3101 North Barack Obama Boulevard right here in Valdosta. 3101 North Forest Street, North Barack Obama Boulevard, I'm sorry, right here in Valdosta. So if you uh, don't have a church home, you'd like to visit somewhere, the word it's really grasped you and pulled you. Uh, we ask that you would fellowship with us and worship with us in, uh, in corporate worship. And if you don't mind, if you're watching me, make sure you share this live on your, your page pages uh, so that someone else can hear this word on this evening. And again, I, I'm, I'm super excited uh, to be with you all. I have had an amazing day. It seems like it has been a long day, but I've had an amazing day because uh, God has truly, truly, truly 
truly been good to me. Um, and he has kept me throughout the day. And one of the things that I've, I've, I was thinking about on earlier today, I was having a conversation with someone and it's just really, really stuck out to me when God spoke it to me. You know, none of us, I won't say that many of us are, are not where we want to be in many areas and aspects of our life. We, we are not there yet. Um, many of us don't have everything that we desire to have at this particular moment. But the thing that really stuck out to me the most that God spoke is that he has given grace right where we are. You know, you, you may not be on the job that you want to be on. You might not be uh, in the career field that you endeavor to be on. You may not live where you want to live, have what you want to have. You may not, you may not be where you want to be right now. But the good thing, this is me watching Boy Smith. The good thing about the God that I serve is the simple fact that he gives me grace right where I am. Yeah, God gives us grace uh, right where we are. And that's enough for us to be grateful for. If Even if we don't reach, uh, we don't cul uh, culminate into where we want to be in our life um, as fast as we want to be. It's important to know that he gives us grace where we are. He provides, he makes provision for us where we are. And sometimes it's, you know, you can get disappointed. You can get discouraged along the way when it doesn't feel like where you are is sufficient enough uh, that where you are is not where you want to be. You're, you're not content with being at the bottom. You're not content with barely having. Um, until you get, help me, Jesus. Lord, I feel it. Until you get to where you ultimately want to be in life, um, it's important for you to know that God's grace is sufficient enough for right where you are. He's, he's taking care of you right where you are. He's providing for you right where you are. You, it may be a place of uh, discomfort. It may be a place of hardship. And it may be a place of grief. But God provides his grace for us right where we are. That's To me, that's, you know, no matter where I go, what I do, who I'm around, what I face. He has given me grace where I am. And I, I, I'm not starving. I may be hungry, but I'm not starving. And, and for, for that to be true, it has to be simply because of his graciousness um, that, that he has given to us in our lives. And, and again, that's, that's the way I feel. That's how I see things on this evening. And that's, what I want to share with you as I'm going into um, the Bible teaching on tonight. And so that just really, really, really blessed me 
And I hope that it will bless you too and give you something to think about. That although you're not there yet, although you haven't arrived yet, we'll never get to the point where we completely arrive. But right where you are in this this uncomfortable place, in this trying place of your life, in this uh, this this daunting place in your life, in this difficult place in your life, um, he provides and gives us his grace right where we are. And something else that I want to say that I came across earlier today is Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, dropped a quote. He was speaking with Pastor uh, Steve Furtick, and he says that being famous is a result of being effective. And, and, and it blessed me because, you know, we at some point in our lives are guilty of, of being blinded by the smoke of success, uh, being blinded by what all comes with, with success. And, and he said, I, I never, who I am now, I never aimed to be famous. I only prayed for being effective. And it struck me because there are a lot of times it, it seems like, and I can just talk for me, it's, you know, I want my name to be known. I want my name to be known. I, I want my, you know, want the work that I do to speak for me. I want my name to be known. And, and, and it just made so much sense to me is if you want to be famous, if you want yourself out there, if you want your name out there, whatever it is that you're looking for, if you if you want to reach that level of fame, then you should be aiming for effectiveness. Not popularity, but aiming for effectiveness. How much of what you do is making a difference? How much of what you say is making an impact? And as people of God, as children of the Most High God, functioning in God's perfect purpose and will and playing for our lives, our mission should not be uh, being famous. Our mission should be being effective. So I pray that that bless you as much as it did me. If, if, you, if you want your business, if you want your mission, your ministry to be famous, your prayer should be effectiveness. Lord, how can I be effective doing what you have called me to do? How can I be impactful in doing what you've called me to do? And even if I'm not famous, I'm effective. That whoever he has called me to, God help me today, whoever he has called me to, I want to make sure that I'm giving them everything I am supposed to be given to them. Being effective, making a difference, regardless of how big the crowd is or is not. So being a being famous is a result of being effective. That's it.
Jesus, when he was walking the earth, and I'm going to try to move from here. He was walking the earth, doing what God sent him on this earth to do. He was not looking for the multitudes. But the Bible said, because he was effective, because when he spoke, things happened. He stood for righteousness and holiness, representing his father here on earth. The Bible says that he was he was being effective because everybody who he came in contact with, their lives were changed. Everybody he touched, it created a level of newness, a, a difference in their life. He made a difference in their life. So Jesus didn't walk the earth aiming to be famous. He didn't do what he was doing aiming to be famous. He was being effective. And because of his effectiveness, the Bible says in many different stories that you'll read about, the Bible declares that when they heard that Jesus was passing by, when they heard that Jesus was coming through, when they heard of where he was, it created such a curiosity in them that multitudes, oh God, help me here, that multitudes followed him. He didn't call for anybody. But he did what he was sent on this earth to do it. So I'm, I tell you, beautiful people, if you will tell you, beautiful people, if you will have it in your heart, I don't care whether it's on your job, in your ministry, no matter where it's at, aim to be effective. Aim to be effective and you will become infamous as a result of it. People won't forget you when you're effective. It's hard not to notice an effective person. It's hard not to respect someone who is effective. Someone who is being true to what God has called for them to do. So I, I beg of you on this evening, I'm going to move, to be true to who you are and what God has called you to do. Be effective in your ministry, not being swayed by the smoke of success, not being lured into this, this life of greed and where you're desiring something before God is ready to give it to you. So that's my little tidbit. I ain't aiming to be famous. I just want to be effective. Say it with me. I am not aiming to be famous. Lord, just help me to be effective. Teach me how to be effective. And so part of this on tonight is my aim is to help us all become more effective in doing what we're doing. If you will, beautiful people, journey with me to the book of Ephesians. Stop trying to be famous. It's going to happen for you. Hit me. When you, Proverbs chapter number 16, I think is verse number three, says that everything that you commit to the Lord, he will establish for you. 
which means whatever you give to him, Lord, lay your hands on my plans. If you lay your hands on my plans, they're going to prosper. And if my plans prosper, then so will I. If you, if you bless me, if you anoint my hands to do this work, it's going to help somebody. Because listen now, because when he put his hands on your plans and he bless them, the multitude will, will come because they'll be hungry for what you're providing. They'll be hungry for what you're offering. What is it about you that makes you effective? That makes people want to flock to you to, to be, to, to, and some people came to spectate and end up being touched. Oh, some, some people will come in your life simply to see what you got going on. But if you stay true to what God has called you to do and you, and you stay connected to him, the same people, God help me today, the same people that came to spectate to just look, to just be nosy, will be empowered. They will be impacted. That ain't it. They'll get what they didn't come for. But if your goal is to be famous, you're going to miss that person. You're going to miss that someone who really came hungry, trying to appease the masses instead of being effective in doing what God has called for you to do. Um, God, help me to be effective. Help me to be effective. Help me to be effective. So let's go to Ephesians chapter number four. And we're going to look uh, in our jump start. We're going to look in the beginning at Ephesians chapter number four, verses 17, 18, and 19. And I'm going to read it from the Good News translation first. That's where we're going to. We're going to go to first. Lord, teach me. God, help me. How to be effective. Help me to be effective. I don't have to be liked. Just help me to be effective. Just that's that's all I want. At, at the end of at the end of my walk in ministry, I just want to be effective. Teach me how to be effective. How can I be a blessing? How can my life mean something to somebody? Then you listen, I, and I saw this earlier, I think earlier this week on social media. You are not for everybody. You are not for everybody. Not everybody is moved by what you do. Not everybody is impacted by what you do. Not everybody is drawn to what you do. We, you are not for everybody, but you are for somebody. And we have to be careful overlooking this, this small crowd, so to speak. Um, you know, this limited number, you know, to try to, to get to mess. You are not for everybody. That's not everybody's ministry. You are not everybody's ministry. I know for sure that I am not for everybody, but I do know I'm somebody. I'm for somebody. I, I do know that without question. And my goal, I don't care where I'm at. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I don't care where you are, and I don't care where I'm at. I pray that I never miss a moment, that I never miss a moment 
uh, to show and share Jesus Christ with somebody. Never miss a moment to share hope with somebody. Never miss a moment to try and uh, not push my beliefs on anybody, but to impact to the best of my ability. Whether I'm on a cruise ship, whether you're in the street, whether you're in Walmart, Lord, help me to be effective. If he drop it on you just to speak and say, just go up to this person and say, good morning, how you doing? Being kind and being nice. That's being effective. You use what you have. God, help me here. You use what you have and you work with it. I don't, it don't have to be, it don't have to look like much to anybody. It don't have to appear like it's a, it's a big thing. Uh, so, sometimes the smallest thing can make the biggest difference. Lord, help me to use what I got, who you created me to be, to be effective. Don't let me miss a moment. Oh, do not let me miss a moment. Uh, of being effective. Don't let me uh, miss a moment. Um, Ephesians chapter four, I got a journey on. My time is moving really, really quickly. Lord, help me today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter number four, verse 17 through 19. Again, we're going to look at this in the good news translation. And it says, in the Lord's name, then, I warn you, do not continue to live like the heathen whose thoughts are worthless and whose minds are in the dark. They have no part in the life that God gives, pardon me, for they are completely ignorant and stubborn. They have lost all feeling of shame. They give themselves over to vice and do all sorts of indecent things without restraint. Mm, 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 mm. So uh, today or tonight, beautiful people, we are going to look at this and we're going to tag the subject, if you will, uh, drop this in the comments on your page. Share it. Hashtag it. Tell your people, do not lose your shame. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Smith. You know, all, all my life, we've been trying to get rid of shame, being shamed. And now you're telling me tonight not to lose it. You're exactly right. I am. And there's a reason for it. Okay. Do not lose your shame. Uh, there's a quote that says a shameless person has no sense of shame. I mean, it makes sense. A shameless person has no sense of shame. Don't lose your shame. Don't lose it. I strongly believe that as it aligns with the, the word on tonight, I strongly believe, beautiful people, uh, that shame is necessary. I've gone through several years of my life living with some form of shame. Lived the majority of my life with some form of shame. Oh, 
And for all that time, the things that I was uh, living with, that shame. And let me let me let me tell you what shame is. Shame is uh, by Webster's Dictionary is a a feeling, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress. I'll put it up for you. A painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. This is what shame is. It's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress that's caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So most of our lives, we've grown up with this, with the the information that shame is a bad thing. It it feels weird. Uh, It's a painful feeling by definition, but it's actually a good thing. Hear me. It has a negative connotation, but it's a good thing. Say it with me. Shame is really a good thing. I've been trying to get rid of this shame my whole life. Shame of how I was raised up. Shame of the clothes that I wore. Shame of the shoes that I had. Shame of the things that I did that I thought I was doing in secret. Shame of what's happened to me and how people have looked at me. This shame, this painful feeling. That's where we stop. It's a painful feeling. And I want to get rid of it because it's painful. But the other part of this, however, the other part of this, beautiful people, it says it's a painful feeling, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. It's the consciousness part that got me. Because when we have this feeling of shame, God help me today, then we we are conscious of the difference between right and wrong and foolish behavior. And many of us, God help me today, many of us have lost our shame because we don't care what we do, whether it's wrong or foolish, because we no longer have a consciousness for it. We have lost our consciousness for doing right. That it's easy for some people to say what they want to say, to act how they want to act, to conduct themselves how they want to conduct themselves, to live any kind of way, having no thought or no awareness. Consciousness means awareness. Having no awareness of how they are perceived. And and, and as Christians, in a sense, we are concerned, we should be concerned about our image. Our character, not so much our reputation, but they are tied in and entangled in there together. But uh, the question I want to ask, have you lost your consciousness as a believer? Has you, have you lost your consciousness as a wife? Lost your consciousness as a husband? Your consciousness as a, as, as a professional? People who are expected to have integrity who lack it because they no longer have their shame. They have lost their shame.
But uh, the question I want to ask, have you lost your consciousness as a believer? Has you, have you lost your consciousness as a wife? Lost your consciousness as a husband? Your consciousness as a, as, as a professional? People who are expected to have integrity who lack it. Because they no longer have their shame. They have lost their shame. The consciousness of wrong and foolish behavior. So Paul comes in Ephesians chapter number four. He says, in the Lord's name, I'm not coming to you by myself. I'm not coming to you on my own. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord to warn you. He says, then I warn you, do not continue to live like the heathen, the person who acts like they, they don't know God. Now they act, they don't know God. People who will, who refuse to acknowledge God. Why is, I warn you, don't continue to live like them. There is a difference between saved and unsaved. There's a difference between clean and unclean. There's a difference between holy and unholy. Don't continue to live your life like somebody who don't know God. If you know him, God help me today, you ought to live like it. If you know it, you ought to move like it. If you know it, you should talk like it. There should be conversation and behavior. Conversation and conduct. Thank you, Lord. There should be conversation and conduct. Hallelujah, Jesus. That that is representative of the God that you serve. Remember, he's not trying to be famous. His aim was not famous, but it was effective. And you can be effective without lowering your standards. Hey. God, help me today. You can be effective without lowering your standards. You can be effective in your ministry without lowering your standards, without lowering your level of integrity, without getting out of character. You can be effective. You can make a difference. God, I wish I had somebody that will talk to me today. Lord, forgive me for living like I don't know you. Please, Lord, forgive me. I repent right now if I'm living like I don't know you. If I talk like I don't know you. If I conduct myself like I don't know you. If I go to work acting like I don't know. God, help me. Forgive me, Jesus, for acting like I don't know you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to live like you know it. You have to, he says, do not continue to live like the heathen whose thoughts are worthless. They're not even thinking like God. They're not even moving. They don't even acknowledge him as being God. Help me. Help me. I do not want my thoughts to be worthless. If, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be intentional about my thoughts, see here it is. If when we are intentional about our thoughts, then our thoughts are not worthless. I want to make sure that I am thinking on those things that are above, thinking on those things that are lovely, thinking on those things that are pure, thinking on those things that are righteous. I don't want my thoughts to be worthless. Got to think about, my husband preached this many, many years ago. He said, think about what you're thinking about. And that's good. You got to 
take some time to ponder. Am I thinking good thoughts? Are my thoughts worthless? You just sitting around thinking about things that have no aim. They have no focus. Worthless stuff. Uh, he says, uh, do not continue. Whew, my good God Almighty. Do not continue to live like the heathen whose thoughts are worthless and whose minds are in the dark. They have no part in the light that, God's, that God gives, for they are completely ignorant and stubborn. Hear what he says. They have no part in the life that God gives, for they are completely ignorant and stubborn. How many of us fall into the category of being ignorant and stubborn? Don't know it, but you can't tell you nothing. Stubborn. Help me, Lord. Stubborn. He says, you you don't have no part in the life that God gives conducting yourself. He said they have lost, verse 19, they have lost all feeling of shame. They give themselves over to vice and all sorts of indecent things without restraint. Let's look at verse 17 through 19, y'all, in the message Bible. Jump over there with me, please. Jump over there with me, if you will. Let's read it together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through 19. In the message Bible. And so I insist, and God backs me on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd, They've refused for so long to deal with God that they have lost touch not only with God, but reality itself. Now, how many people you know like that says they can't think straight anymore? They don't feel any pain. They let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. God help us today. They have refused for so long that they have not only lost touch with God, but with reality. What world are you living in? Time is not as long as it used to be, beautiful people. Certain things you just should not be doing. Let's, let's, let's. Not just that you've lost touch with God, you've lost touch with all sense of reality. This is where those worthless thoughts, how can you not understand that what's done in the dark will come to the light? How can you not understand that you're going to reap what you sow? How can, how can you not understand that you cannot hide from God? You cannot run from God. And if your thoughts are worthless, that means you're, you're liable to do anything. With anybody, fuck anything. So don't don't continue to live like this. Don't continue to live like this. Let's look at verse uh, 20 through 24 in the message Bible. Let's stay right here. 
He said, but that's no life for you. If you tune in tonight and you have been riding the fence all day, you've been riding the fence all week, you've been riding the fence all month about whether this is the right life for you or not. He told me to tell you today, that's no life for you. You, you, you are too good. You are too good of a person. You are too important to God. You are too important to the people in your life for you to live your life any kind of way with no aim of effectiveness, with no desire to live for God. That's not the life for you. To that person you've been trying to run and you've been trying to hide and you've been busy with your mind and your thoughts full of perversion that you've just been running to everything that looks good and sounds good because you are you have lost touch with God in reality and now you're just doing everything you're big enough to do because you have this I don't care attitude and now this is this is this is a work I'm I'm sent today to be that voice for you to tell you that that's not the life for you I know life gets tough life gets hard Times get tough. You get in, get in the hard places. You get lonely. Have so many things going on. You have so many emotions going on. But that life that you're trying to live that's outside of God, that's not for you. Empty-minded. Heathen-like attitudes. That's not the life for you. In with the crowd. That's not the life for you. Jesus drew the crowd. He wasn't in it. But because he lived an effective life, he had the the capacity and the ability to draw in multitudes. Don't be intimate. That's not the life for you. Trying different things. That's not the life for you. I just want to try something different. That's not the life for you. Somebody type it down with me if you don't mind. That's not the life for me. That what what other people do, that's on them. Again, what we're talking about tonight is don't lose your shame. Don't lose your consciousness. And and some of us, we try to override our consciousness. That consciousness is 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 of of right or, or wrong and foolish behavior. Right, you, you're trying to fight it. You you know that that's not the road for you. You know that that's not the life for you. You know that's not the will of God concerning you. You know that's not the purpose that God has for your life. Because He said we quote it all the time. We it's a powerful scripture. It's true. It's motivating. It's courage. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For He knows the thoughts and plans that He has towards us. Right, plans to prosper us. They're good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope. So stop trying to fight and override your consciousness, trying to lose your shame because you're, you've reached this point of stagnation. You've reached this point of contentment. You've reached this point where nothing's moving. Nothing's happening as fast as you want them to happen. But remember, it's about effectiveness. Be effective where you are. God, God have mercy, has given you grace where you are. You, you, you could have lost your mind, but you didn't. You, you almost lost it, but you didn't. Right? So the, his grace, this is what he told Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient. 
for you. He will provide and give you grace right where you are. So don't be trying to fight and override. God, time flies when you're having fun. Don't be trying to fight and override your consciousness. You still, you going you listen, it's crazy that you tire yourself out with trying to override your conscience and you still ain't going to be able to sleep. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You still are not going to be able to sleep. Mm-mm, don't lose your shame. Don't, don't lose your shame. It's a good thing for you to feel some type of way when you're in places that you know contradicts your confession. It's a good thing to feel what you feel when you are in the company of people who don't think like you think. You're in this empty-minded crowd. It's a good thing for that shame, your consciousness to bother you. It's a good thing for you to be look around to see who's watching. It's a good thing because that's your consciousness. That's that conviction. That's not the life for you. I can't afford to lose my shame. I can't afford to lose the very thing that makes me conscious and makes me aware that somebody is watching. I don't care whether they're watching you for the wrong reason. They are still watching you. And if you show them that you can live this godly life and be confident and be true to it, then then you're going to get, you're going to change their life. You're going to be effective. You're going to impact their life. You need that. You need that feeling. That who who is going to who who is going to look at me? Who's going to see me? What happens if a person that I truly respect and truly love passed by me? Don't lose that consciousness. <laughs>